This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back. It's Monday night. You know what that means. It's unsportsmanlike conduct with Mr. Swartz himself, Evan Swartz of 49ers Hub. Evan, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm well. How are you doing, man? I am uh, pretty solid. It's a good weekend. It was snowing this morning in Knoxville. Got to enjoy that a little bit. Um, nice little weekend. NFL action just all weekend long. Very much enjoyed Enjoyed that. What did uh, I know you were skiing still or snowboarding? Yeah, I have. I had gone. This is the first day that I have not, but uh, I went five of seven days snowboarding, and I am physically, mm. mentally exhausted. Where's the mental part of it? Why are you mentally exhausted from skiing and snowboarding? Uh, you know, really, I think it's just because you're just going the whole time you're just never stopping so you know i kind of uh i'm my body my mind has all just been kind of going you know for a long time on a scale <laughs> of uh, one to ssx tricky where are you on the on the slopes well on on the sticks i i'm very good at ssx tricky uh in real life i'm intermediate at best for the snowboarders that listen to this podcast mm, i can handle the blue runs okay base they love the chase yeah. podcast yeah but uh no i'm 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 getting better but i'm not very good all right well that's better than me because i would uh not do well i'm like i suspect i'm like cam newton in 2020 oh yikes that's not good more falling yeah. than standing up right can you imagine, this is something I was thinking about when you made that reference, um, can you imagine if there was a podcaster out there who would have, before the season, bought into some, some Cam Newton MVP buzz? Could you imagine? No one would ever do that. No one would ever do that. No. No one would ever do that. Especially not on this this Blue Wire podcast. Hey, hey there maybe it is. Some old, maybe some older podcasts, yeah. but not this one. Some independent nonsense. Some independent drivel would do some some crazy stuff like that. Um, but that's not this podcast. No, we are on Blue Wire. So if you're not already familiar with Blue Wire, go to bluewirepods.com today. Um, let's see. I don't even know. I have so many Falcons thoughts I want to get to. And you, I just know, have been on an emotional roller coaster with Deshaun Watson this week. Um, I... I'm very excited to make these these selections. Do you have the picks from last week in front of you? Of course. Okay. Well, let's do that first. Let's let's get into that and see how Chase went undefeated this weekend in his picks. Okay. Well, first off, we did uh, we both got the Bills. I think that was the easy one, right? Yes. Um. Yeah, we didn't get the. We did we miss both one? Get the second one, right? Though. Well, no, I didn't. Did you, you go did. perfect? No, but I but I definitely got uh, the Rams right, which you chose the Seahawks. Did I really? It was because of the Walford thing, man. Who could have ever foreseen Jared Goff, yeah, the no, golden god himself, I, coming in and relieving Walford? Who got I told you, out. though, Walford was, uh, Walford was actually not that bad. Well, he was no Taylor Heineke. Let's, let's not get crazy. Right. right, yeah, but so then I chose the Washington football mm-hmm. team because, well, you know, I thought Alex Smith was going to play, which he did not. Uh, so I'm going to call that a I'm going to call that a mulligan. No, you took the Bucks. Okay. And then I took the Titans, mm. and you took the the Ravens, which I was wrong about. I watched that uh, with we all Titans took, fans, by the way. 
I'm sure you did. How was that experience? They were deflated. It was brutal. Because it started off so great, 10-0, looking good. And I had to be, like, quiet about, like, me betting on the Ravens and picking the Ravens and being like, oh, yeah. And the Lamar touchdown run, the Michael Vick run that he had was just like, oh, cool. And then your Marcus Peters jawing and Derrick Henry just getting stuffed and not doing anything. And then A.J. Brown with the obvious push-off touchdown. Like, I, I don't know. Um, it was it was brutal. It was, But I don't feel bad. I'm like, I'm a Falcons fan. It's not even close to even one of the games this season like that's not even on the radar there was no failed onside kick where they surround the football and don't know what to do there was nothing like that there was no losing to mitch trubisky and nick Foles at home being up multiple scores like there's none of that this year so no i i felt bad for my titans friends but no not uh not all that sad it's been a horrible year for the falcons you know there are only two teams in the nfl this year in the top 15 i think um, to not make the playoffs with a, a positive turnover differential. Do you know who those two teams are, Mr. Swords? No, I don't. Wouldn't even be a, begin to know. The Miami Dolphins and the Atlanta Falcons. Ah, the, you know, I would have obviously thought the, the Dolphins, uh, you know, not many teams get 10 wins and then don't make it into the playoffs, especially when the Washington football team's getting in there with like three wins. Um, but the Falcons, that's got to hurt. But that's what How I'm saying. When feel... I joke, people think I'm joking when I'm like, the Falcons are like the best 4-12 and team of all time. Like, this team is not bad. This team should have been 10-6. and six. Like, they, there's no excuse. Um, like, it's just such a waste. This whole year was just such a waste of awesome talent. And I'm not even going to go into that because, like, I'm just going to rant and just spend two and a half minutes just losing my well, losing my mind. Well, I got I got to say, if we're going to talk about the Falcons – uh, we might just switch up the timeline a little bit and let you just go first on uh, Falcons legend Dan Quinn getting the getting the Cowboys DC job. Where are you at with that? I mean, <laughs> a lot of it comes down to like what you think the problems were with Atlanta's. Where it's like, well, when he got more hands on, he like remember when we fired Smith, um, right? towards the tail end of our Super Bowl run with Kyle was yes. people forget that year we fired the the DC and Quinn started calling the defense and things improved. Wait, hold on. So who did you guys fire? It was, what's his name? Smith. I, what is his name? Not Arthur Smith. What? I already forgot this guy. He's out of the league now. He came over with Seattle. What was his name? Falcon Smith. You're going to make me look this up. Uh, defensive coordinator. What was his name? Uh, this is going to drive me nuts. Richard Smith. Okay, Richard Smith. Yeah, there's Richard Smith, Arthur Smith, and like Mike Smith. There's too many Smiths in the in the kitchen. Um, but anyway, yeah, and we fired so, him. So, but so you guys fired him, and then <laughs> it just it seems kind of crazy to me. I, I to get to a point where Dan Quinn is replacing Mike Nolan. Yeah, Falcons legend. Well, Mike Nolan also uh, follows me on Twitter. Shout out to Mike Nolan. Happy trails. Oh, gosh. You're welcome on the podcast whenever. I would love to talk to him in his uh, his old 49ers days wearing those suits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, um, I don't know. I think if you believe that he can get back to what he did when he's just focused on the defense and he's not having to worry about underachieving with a super talented roster, then, you know, maybe he can get there. Dan Quinn is like the nicest guy. Which is a helpful thing. Like, I don't know. I'm sure the Cowboys fans will love him. I'm sure the Cowboys defense will love having him there. But um, I don't know. Like, the defense got a lot better when Jeff Ulbrich was calling third downs and Raheem Morris was calling first and second down defenses. And um, he has not shown that he has been a elite defensive play caller in several years now. But maybe he, he changes things in Dallas. I, I don't know. Um, it, it's just been a little bit now. And we always like to tap. Like, maybe he has a Jack Del Rio second half where he just because remember when jack del rio was gone um from jacksonville didn't he go straight to denver um and went to denver rehab with peyton manning and um yeah was really good like he revitalized his career and then he got the oakland job i want to say um but anyway like i th- maybe that's the kind of path he takes but i uh i don't know like i, I have no idea what to expect from dan quinn post atlanta i think there's a shot like it's not the worst idea like there are going to be teams that uh Hire worst defensive coordinators uh, this offseason. And um, I, I think it's, hey, they cannot be any worse than Mike Mullen's team this year, right? 
I, so here's my thing. What is that? What is Dallas doing? Mm. Like their, their, their head coach is a failed head coach. <laughs> their defensive coordinator is a failed head coach and their offensive coordinator is like seven years old. It's just like, I'm not sure what the Cowboys think they're putting together. And there's so much more time to go, right? They got to get players have to come back from injuries, figure out what they're going to do with Dak. Uh, you know, what happens with uh, Zeke and is he going to be able to run behind the offensive line they put together? So many different questions. But if you were just a casual football fan and you look at Dan Quinn, Mike McCarthy, Kellen, Kellen Moore, do you think that team is ever winning a Super Bowl? Ever? I think it's possible. Yeah. I think there's enough there. Yeah. I think it's it's not as it like it if Dak's healthy, they run away with that division and they're they're in there. I, I think it's very much possible, yes. There's just too much firepower. I think they need a lot of help on the defensive side of the ball. I think they need to make some adjustments to their offensive line. I think the the biggest thing I'm worried about with the Cowboys is the Ezekiel Elliott contract. Like that one, I I just think it's going to get hard to get out of. I think it's bad. I think they're in real trouble there. But I don't know. I, I think the Cowboys is still one of the more easily fixable jobs in the NFL. It's just, I don't know. There's I, I think Dan Quinn can be a good defensive coordinator again. I look back to those years uh, when he was in Seattle, right? And granted, he had... But wasn't he only a couple the D.C. Hall one year? Players. Am I crazy, or was he only the D.C. like one year before he got the Falcons job? I think he was only the D.C. for one year. Well, I do. I just remember he he had – let me pull up. He was good at Florida. Defense. He was at Florida, and that was like what Florida fans wanted uh, when the season ended the way it did for the Gators. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just never know what to expect with these guys. Um, thinking about uh, – what's his name? Down there in Arizona – um, after he got fired, uh, Vance Joseph um, from Denver. Yeah. Arizona's defense hasn't been great. Um, you look at um, Gus Bradley in Los Angeles. Like, he had a nice rebirth in Los Angeles, and it's gone really well for him there. Like, the Chargers, didn't they finish top 10 in defense this year? I want to say they did. Yeah. Um, so, it he's is, been really it good. It is interesting. It's like this little this little Seahawks school of defensive coordinators. They, they kind of get their head coaching stints, and then they fail. <laughs> And then they get to go somewhere after and try again as a defensive coordinator. It's like they should have just stayed defensive coordinators. So I think Dan can, Quinn can be successful, um, but he just the Cowboys don't really have a lot of pieces other than you know Demarcus Lawrence. Randy Gregory was actually really good there. down the stretch for them this year. Yeah, he's just one. He's just Jaylen's one good. female assault away. They need Layton to be healthy. Um, they need to, they got to add more bodies in the secondary. That's their biggest priority. I think you got to get a secondary in the first round for them in the top 10. I think you got to, they're going to be tempted to go Jamar chase or some sort of receiver. Um, if they go, if they go, if they go receiver after taking (laughs) CD lamb and having a Mark Cooper, someone, someone needs to get punched in the throat over there. (laughs) But couldn't you see it? Couldn't you see them taking Jamar chase? I could, I mean, I could, but that's because I have no faith or respect for the Cowboys as an organization. Oh, wow. Listen, listen, let me tell you this. The 49ers have Devo Samuel Mm -hmm. and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. Do I kind of think to myself, I was thinking about this today when it was like Allen Robinson's a free agent, right? Like, you know, do I kind of want to add one more receiver just because it's like, oh, there's already so so many weapons? Sure, but that's not what the team needs to do. 49ers shouldn't be drafting a receiver in the first round. Neither should the Cowboys. Yeah. Neither should the Falcons unless they trade Julio, um, which would destroy me. Um, well, let's get into uh, – well, you know what? I'll finish up the Falcons stuff, and then we'll get into the Niners. Um, it seems like Joe Brady and Terry Fontenot um, – Fontenot's a higher up in New Orleans. He's been there for a really long time um, – that they're a package deal. Joe Brady and Terry Fontenot – Everybody obviously knows him from his brief stint in New Orleans. He was the offensive coordinator for LSU when they put together maybe the best college offense of all time two seasons ago with Burrow. Um, I have no idea what kind of head coach Joe Brady would be. But 
I am. I've been very nervous about the team going defense again because they got, went Smith. They went Quinn. Like I do not want a defensive head coach. I want an offensive guy who, if he loses coordinators, he loses pieces. He can still, um, put together a top ten offense. Like just don't be Dirk Cutter. Like there's no excuse for this offense not to be top ten in uh, offensive DVOA every year at this point. There's just none, and I think Joe Brady would maximize. The last couple of years of Matt Ryan's prime, I think he would maximize this group. I would love to see what he schemes up uh, in Atlanta. I I would be here for it. I would be here for him and Fontenot. I don't know what kind of GM Fontenot would be. Um, there's been some revisionist history about Thomas Dimitrov and his time in Atlanta. Um, if the Detroit Lions were to hire him, I think they would be getting a great one, especially if you can get him with Pioli. Um, but I uh, I don't know. We just we have no idea what kind of head coach Joe Brady would be. He's super young. He could be the next Sean McVay, or he could just be like um, who's the most recent one? Uh, the failed young coach, where it goes the opposite way. I'm already blanking on who. Well, I would have said Adam I Gase. Said Matt Lafleur was not very exciting, but then he kind of had his resurgence this year. Um, but yeah, Adam Gase is definitely one of those guys for sure. Matt Nagy. Where do you think Adam? Where do you think Adam Gase ends up? I want to say I think he goes to Alabama. Yeah, I think so too. Matt cool. Nagy, I don't know. Matt Nagy, a lot of people love to just talk shit about how he did in the playoffs, but I feel like anybody that's allowed to get or able to get anything out of Mitch Trubisky is pretty impressive. Yeah. I'm hoping the 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 Bears finally do the right thing and get Mitch Trubisky out of that just out of the entire city of Chicago. Like that guy should never be allowed to eat at Lou Malnati's ever again. So I, I imagine that's a very biting reference, but I'm not familiar with the establishment. I'm... It Lou Malnati's is like the Chicago deep dish pizza, you know, deep dish pizza in Chicago versus New York style. Are you a deep dish or New York style pizza person? Ooh, I'm not a pizza guy in general, but I do respect. Wait, what does that dish. mean? You're not a pizza guy. I uh, I like. You know, do you not a, eat pizza? A... You just don't like it. Any kind of pizza? No, like any topping. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy pizza, but I, uh, as someone who tries to take you know somewhat good care of his body, uh, especially to counter some of the alcohol I drink every now and then, uh, you know, pizza to me is just like it, it's it's just kind of a pointless endeavor. It's literally cheese, <laughs> bread, and sauce. It's just not good for you. It's not. It's not. That's something I'm about. All right. The more you know. There's much better things to eat, for, as far as I'm concerned, than pizza. Well, I, I don't know about all that. Um, Jerry Rice. The GOAT has spoken. He wants to Sean Watson in San Francisco this week. Um, did you see the PFF trade that they had for him? Yeah. it's. There's been a lot of conversation this week about deshaun watson and what it would take and lay it out you know, some people... lay it out evan what where are you at 49ers nation losing their minds ever you love deshaun so here's my thing if you're asking me if i'm sitting at the table if i'm john lynch and they say we want your three next first round picks mm-hmm. we want jimmy in a second next year and they give me Deshaun Watson, I'm going to say yes. I don't think most of the time there's, uh, you know, trades that are warranted. Like you look at Jamal Adams and two first-round picks, that's insane, right? You look at the highway robbery that happened with the Rams um, and the Eagles, right? You know, it's just there's a lot of trades that are not worth it pre-draft especially, right, when you're looking to, to grab a guy that you haven't seen playing in the NFL. If you look at what Kyle Shanahan has been able to do throughout his career without a quarterback, and then you look at what he was able to do with Matt Ryan, which you and I both agree is an above-average quarterback, there's no doubt in my mind, especially right now with Nick Bosa on the other side of the ball, with Eric Armstead on the other side of the ball, with Javon Kinlaw on the other side of the ball, Fred Warner on the other side of the ball. They're winning multiple Super Bowls if they get Deshaun Watson. It's going to happen. They they literally almost won a Super Bowl. They were one play away from winning a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. If you're telling me that you don't think they will win multiple Super Bowls, regardless, 
I just it's it's they're going to it's it's inevitable. Hmm. What do you think? Would you? I mean, you saw Kyle Shanahan with Matt Ryan and one of the best offenses that we've seen in the last fifteen years. Like, what, would you do it? Hey everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help get you your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, oh yeah, the best part is you can get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or having an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited. So get your application in today. Uh, to apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Breaking up is hard to do, but when it comes to your wireless carrier, you should have left a while ago. You're over the big three carriers. You deserve better. Xfinity Mobile. Now you can get unlimited with 5G included for just $30 a month on the nation's fastest, most reliable network. So break free from the big three and save with Xfinity Mobile. Take the savings challenge at XfinityMobile.com slash MySavings to see how much you can save when you get Xfinity Mobile and Internet together. Reduced speeds at 20 gigabytes per line. Most reliable based on Root Metrics U.S. report. Results vary, not an endorsement. Join. I also don't know what kind of GM Nick Casario is going to be, right? Like, I imagine they're going to, if you trade Deshaun Watson, you it would be, would it be the biggest haul of any quarterback ever? Like, I think it would. Like, this just doesn't happen. You don't trade a 25-year-old top five quarterback in his prime. Like, you just don't. No team does that. This is not an NFL thing to do. And this is just such a... Like, we've never experienced something like this, really. So, like, I have no idea what the cost is and, like, where I'd be like, okay, this is a little much. Like, three first-rounders is a lot to swallow. But you're like, hey, if that pick is, like, in the later end of the first round, those next couple years, because we have Deshaun freaking Watson... And we're winning games like Deshaun Watson might be a job saver for Shanahan and John Lynch. Like, yeah, it sucks that you're giving up that many assets, but like you are also betting on Watson to keep your jobs. Like Matt LaFleur is going to have a job in Green Bay because of Aaron Rodgers. Like he is going to he has job security. Like go the guys like Deshaun Watson are job security. And I I don't know. I think if I'm Kyle, like I'm like, do I really want to bet on Jimmy another year? What if we go four and twelve again with a healthy Jimmy? Like, what if we go five and eleven? Like, this is a tough division. Well, We're going up I against Kyler. Think... We're going up against Russell. Like, do we need to get our own guy? And you know, I, I think it's that's... it's complicated. I, that's another thing. So, one thing I want to touch on what you said about Nick, Nick Casario first. I think if you're Nick Casario, you have to definitely consider it. You really have to look at what's going on right now with the Houston Texans. They don't have a first round pick. They have nobody on that team. They're, they are depleted at just about every single position, right? I mean, they've got nothing. And you have to look and say, what are we going to be able to honestly, like honestly be able to do with Deshaun Watson as your quarterback if you have no first-round pick, you have like not that much money in cap space, right? You, you know, like what are we doing here? So I don't think there's many times in which you ever give up a, a you know a quarterback like Deshaun Watson but the times that you do are when you have like a 
like a top 10 worst possible scenario in the last 20 years of a football team who has a good quarterback. You know, Russell Wilson is a great example. Russell Wilson is a Hall of Fame quarterback. He is, you know, a Super Bowl winning Hall of Fame quarterback. That is very true. But other than that season when they had a couple Hall of Famers on there, one of the best defenses of modern history, Russell Wilson has not been good enough to make the Seahawks get back to the Super Bowl. And Russell Wilson is probably one of the best quarterbacks to do the most with the least in recent memory. And even still, we watch time and time again, ever since, you know, they had that Hall of Fame defense and they couldn't afford to pay everyone and they one by one left. Obviously, Richard Sherman's over in San Francisco now. Um, He hasn't been able to do it. And I think that the Texans, they won't be as successful the next five years if they keep Deshaun Watson as the Seahawks have been. And the Seahawks, if you ask any fan, none of them are happy with having Russell Wilson be, be knowing how good he is. And, you know, I mean, I'm telling you, I was I, I see it because of the rivalry between the 49ers and the Seahawks. And there's apparently this this kid who's also named Evan that's like big on Seahawks Twitter. So they like consider us like mortal enemies. It's kind of funny. Um, and he literally said he said the Seahawks need a need a new quarterback. Think about that. That's that is what's going to happen to Deshaun Watson. He will be amazing, and in spite of how good he is, the Texans won't be able to do it, and the fans will hate him, and he'll hate that he'll hate being there. I don't know, man. It's just guys like Deshaun Watson are so hard to find, and if you're the Texans, you're like, there's no guarantee we find someone as good as him in the next 25 years. Like, no, that is but, a really but tough there thing. is a guarantee that you have three first round picks, right? There is a guarantee that you'll have the cap space because you will no longer be drafting. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would be reload. nervous. I get both sides. Like, that's why I'm glad I'm not in this position where I'm like, I am very much glad that I am. I'm not the person having to make this call. Um, if you had to make like a package in your head, said, though, what do you think is the most realistic package? Or who do you think, which team could offer the best package, in your opinion? Is it a team like Miami who can throw a Tua included in it? Like, I I, I don't think, know. I think Miami or, or the 49ers make the most sense. But you, like, one thing, you, you bet this week on the Ravens, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about it from a betting perspective in terms of de- the future of Deshaun Watson. You have the opportunity of betting... Let's say you know a large sum of money, five thousand dollars, with an opportunity to win like five hundred dollars, right? Or you can bet fifty bucks and get back fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. Like that's to me, that's kind of what we're looking at here. Like if if the Texans trade to Sean Watson, they're not guaranteed a Super Bowl, but they're guaranteed some like good rebuilding. But if they keep him, there's like no odds that they do anything with that team. It's still so early, and he's already walking in a weird – like, it It also depends on how much of that is accurate, right? Of, like, the anger about the Eric Benemy stuff and the GM hire and the not interviewing Benemy and how pissed off he actually is because you saw that he was a 2 about trading DeAndre Hopkins and he was a 10 about this. I don't know. It's just hard to get a read on that, and we don't know how nuclear this is going to get. Um, but then if it gets too bad, then it's going to make trading him even more difficult and you're going to lose value. Like, I – I do not envy their situation, but I think if I'm Houston, if I'm Casario, I just asked Deshaun Watson straight up, like, look, I know this is complicated. I know you want us to look at Eric Benny or I know you want us to look at so-and-so, but like, can you at least give me a year? Can you at least give me a year to, to show you that we can fix this? Can you at least give me time? And if he can't promise that and he's like, nah, I want out like this is I've given y'all too many chances. I don't know you like that, but I just I'm ready for a fresh start and I can't deal with the McNair anymore and I, I just need to move on. Then you're like, OK, then we're making a move because value doesn't change anytime soon. But at the same time, like he's gotten some injuries. He is someone that um, I don't know. A lot of teams have good quarterbacks. That's something we forget now. Like so many teams have franchise quarterbacks now that like the teams that needed Sean Watson, there's only a handful. It's the Niners. If the Giants weren't drinking Daniel Jones, uh, 
juice, then, you know, they would look at it. Minnesota, New York, um, Denver, Jacksonville. Um, there are a couple of others. But, like, ultimately, a lot of those teams are going to be in a position to get their franchise quarterback this draft. Like, it's not as many suitors as you might uh, might think. Um, my favorite dark horse would probably be, like, Vegas, right? Like, they're trying to make a splash. They want to get in. On, uh, I feel like Derek Carr would be a very uh, Patriots-esque guy that they would bring in as a bridge guy. And, hey, the Carr connection back in Houston. Um, he can't. Uh, it can't go any worse than his older brothers stay in Houston. But um, Chicago getting involved. The irony there. <laughs> I think it could get very fascinating very quickly. But I, uh, I, I think ultimately he stays because it is so freaking unlikely that teams trade their franchise quarterback in their prime that it's this damn good this is this would be extraordinary yeah yeah it, it is it is going to be one of the most interesting off seasons in recent memory because there's so many teams that i think are desperate right now i mean do you remember how pissed off aaron Rodgers was things. that the team took uh jordan love in the first round remember that like right yeah. after that happened it was like oh he's gonna get traded he's out oh. and he puts together an mvp season he's probably won mvp they might, fuck, they're probably going to the super it's bowl it's fuck you season yeah just ride but it out like that's why if you're houston i would ride it out yeah but here's the thing right look at the i, I want to i'm gonna pull it up right now because i think it's it's important we talk about that now but we have to understand that the Green Bay Packers still have to play in the playoffs. What happened last year when they played the playoffs? I mean, they made the they got title absolutely game. yeah, and they had one of the worst losses in recent. <laughs> I, I think you enjoyed that. Yes, I oh, I really did. But you know what I'm saying? So like, that is very much so. It's just we have to kind of look at like if the Packers lose again like that. When they had an opportunity, uh, you know, to take Isaiah Wilson or Patrick Queen or Jordan Brooks or, uh, you know, Jeff Gladney or T. Higgins, even Michael Pittman. I like <laughs> think of all the receivers that were taken. Xavier McKinney, DeAndre Swift. Like there's Jonathan Taylor. Like there's so many people they could have taken instead of Jonathan Love. And would any of those guys have helped? Aaron Rodgers win a Super Bowl this year that he might not win? Hmm. No. I don't know, man. I don't know either. It's going to be interesting, though. It's going to be interesting. Speaking of interesting, to wrap up our our, uh, Falcons 49ers discussion, um, Javon Kinlaw, can you explain the squirrel video to me? I have no idea what the hell that was. It makes no damn sense. For anyone that does not understand what Chase is talking about, I am going to now explain it to you uh, so then you can this. continue so then you can continue to still not have any idea what the hell he's talking about because it doesn't really. There is a video of Javon Kenlaw with a squirrel, dead squirrel in his mouth, a dead squirrel that he ate and you know it I don't even know how to explain it. <laughs> it was like he was hunting it um, and he was proud, but he had a dead squirrel in his mouth. And it says, let's see. It's funny. You search Javon Kenlaw and all you see is the, um, when he was talking shit to Juju. Oh man. Not a good, yeah. not a good end of season for Juju. Yeah, but either way, I have no idea why our rookie defensive lineman is running through the forest with dead squirrels in his mouth. I'm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like really proud of it. Hmm. Yeah, it's a interesting off season for Ken Law. Um, he, li- he he literally said in the video, he said, "Y'all see what's going on." <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't, Javon. No, we have no idea what's going on. That can't be sanitary, right? No, like there's certainly not. Like he, the, I, I just couldn't believe. Like the like it's that is a wild, wild video and a wild, Yo, wild it, decision by Kinlaw. It's not my thing. It's not my world. I'm not hunt. I'm not a hunter. But there's people out there that eat squirrel. 
That's right. They fine. they don't just like keep the dead squirrel. But in they their mouth. cook it. Yeah. They skin it and cook it. They don't bite it. I don't know. But you know what? The one thing. Do you think Kyle Shanahan's seen this video yet? Uh, oh, of course, of course. He's yeah. He's of course. Every everybody's seen it, especially yeah. Uh, I the one thing I will say is I kind of like that Javon Kinlaw seems to be an absolute fucking psychopath. And uh, I hope I hope that talent with that mentality translates to the field next year because he had a he had a decent rookie year, but I would love to see him become just a full blown psychopath. I mean, I, I'm here for it. Um, the actual games this weekend, Mister Swords, uh, Browns 48, Steelers 37. I uh, something I thought about when I was watching this game was just like how insane it was that I thought the Steelers were going to still win the game until it was over. Like that was the most brownsy feeling ever where I'm like, yeah, 20 nothing, but uh, I'm not nervous, not nervous, not nervous. It was almost like the Patrick Mahomes thing. It's like, oh, right. Ben Roethlisberger is not Patrick Mahomes. Um, it, it was interesting because the Steelers obviously had to start from hell with um, the fumble and diving on it in really weird, dumb fashion. And then you have the interception, which was just a bad throw by Ben. Then you punted on three plays and then you had another pick which wasn't his fault and then you punted again that was their first quarter their first quarter was fumble interception punt interception punt you could not have a worse start to this game and it's also so unlikely because the Steelers came in this game fifth in turnover differential um it was just all kinds of bad luck like they just everything that went wrong went wrong I I don't know. I think there's going to be a lot of people like, oh, they ran the football, blah, blah, blah. Like, Steelers were last in rushing this season. But, like, didn't matter. They were – they just had a terrible start. And, like, most teams could not come back from those kind of miscues to start the game. But the Browns gave everything they could to ensure that the, the Steelers had a shot. Claypool still unguardable at the goal line. But, like, it's just almost impossible to come back from a 28-0 hole like that, even in the Browns and – uh I don't know. My biggest takeaway was just like how unlucky Pittsburgh was early and then how great Chubb and Hunt are as a combination. I like the variety. I like the fact that he was able to find Jarvis, find Austin Hooper, Baker, that is. I like that. And then mixing up with uh, with Chubb and um, Hunt. They uh, the, uh, the Steelers don't have that. The Steelers were not a versatile team. And it... Uh, it was a pretty pretty bad way to go out and just a bad month and a half for Pittsburgh. And, you know, it's a tale of two seasons, if you will. I have never felt so disrespected in my life. Mm. I have been saying literally almost every single week. Mm-hmm. I think Basically I know since week three, since week three, that the Steelers are motherfucking frauds. <laughs> frauds. And they go up against a team, Cleveland Browns, whose head coach is watching the game on a two-minute stream delay in his in his basement. Uh, you know, with multiple offensive line injuries. You know, this was not some vaunted football team. This was a Cleveland Browns team that, you know, really shouldn't have been as competitive as they had, but. They got lucky, and they played in the playoffs. One of the worst football teams to win eleven games in the last twenty years. It, not only yes, okay, the fumble was fumble was pathetic at the first half of the game. Uh, and by the way, Chris Collinsworth was awful. He kept talking over and over again about, oh well, you know, uh, he he tried to step left right as he was snapping to guard to block. And it showed the replay as he was saying that, where he just straight up threw it in the air and then moved. It had nothing to do with that, but it was just a little thing that was really annoying during the, during the uh, the game. But Cleveland Wyatt Teller, one of the most impressive signings this year, he's the best guard in the NFL currently. Uh, he's <laughs> yeah, I mean. Wyatt Teller is incredible. He was drafted by the Buffalo Bills in the fifth round. Um, then they traded, uh, you know, the, that pit, that, excuse me, uh, he was a backup guard. Um, but yeah, they, they traded him to the Cleveland Browns. The Bills traded the best guard 
in the NFL to the Cleveland Browns for fifth and sixth round picks. And he absolutely just mauled the Steelers' defensive line yesterday. Uh, Chubb, like you said, Kareem Hunt, were just basically running into massive gaping holes because of uh, Wyatt Teller. And it, I just, it was incredibly impressive. But you score those first couple touchdowns, and you know who would have been very capable of winning that game? Who? Young Ben Roethlisberger. Mm. The the Ben Roethlisberger that would have needed to move around, escape the pocket, scramble, throw the ball, that Ben would have been able to win that game. He would have been able to come back. That's what Ben did all throughout his career. And last night, he's just too old, man. You could see he was trying to move around, but he had nothing left. He didn't have as much power in the arm. You know, they got stuff going later in the game, but Ben's just not the same quarterback anymore. And there was just never a chance that they were going to win that game. And then just the all-time sad image of him sitting by himself on the on the bench. Um, I'm not going to lie, though. Not a Ben Roethlisberger person at all. He's a first-bout Hall of Famer. But, uh, yeah, uh, I'm never going to shed a tear for, for that man losing a football game. Um, not, a, not a Ben guy. Um, Tennessee, 13. Baltimore, 20. Tennessee scores three points after the first quarter here. They go up 10-0. Um, and that was it. They only scored 13 more after defense plays exceptionally well, considering what we saw from this Titans defense this year. Um, it's just amazing to me when you're watching the Titans and it's like, Oh, Derek Henry's not a factor today. That's it. Like there was not one moment when I was watching this game where I was like, Oh yeah, Ryan Tannehill's just going to step up and beat Lamar Jackson here. Like I never felt that Lamar goes for 136 and a TD on 16 carries in the ground. But like, the Titans were second worst in the NFL in pressure uh, coming in, and they they did what they needed to do. Like they contained this group, like they contained the Ravens for the most part. Hollywood Brown had some big plays, but like out, Andrews was fine underneath. But Jackson did not have a great day. Didn't throw a touchdown pass. Like it was the Titans defense did gave it to him on a silver platter. The offense that is, and Arthur Smith, who is probably going to get a head coaching job, seems like this offseason just uh nothing there and they could not do it Tannehill couldn't couldn't make something work and when Derrick Henry was not functioning that uh that offensive line really struggled and that was it it was kind of a deflating sad way to go out yeah no 100 percent. I mean when you when you stop Derrick Henry the way that they did and then have the Titans not even try you know they got AJ Brown Right, they they have Corey Davis, who's been playing better all year, probably because he gets to play next to AJ Brown. But zero right. catches today, zero targets. I think. Or yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, just nothing. They kept they kept trying to run Derrick Henry, and I I mean I get it. Right, you watch what he's done the last ten games. Like you're thinking, like maybe you know eventually he's going to break through that. He'll wear down the defense. But it didn't happen, and they never adjusted, and it, it is just sad. Um, Ryan Tannehill has been a great story. Titans are a fun team to watch. I wasn't expecting, you know, the the Ravens kind of have been up and down this year. So I wasn't really expecting that. Um, but I love Lamar Jackson, so I'm always, I'm always happy to see Lamar. You know, he got his first playoff win. He gets to continue on in the dance. I'm excited to see what happens next. Well, he probably loses. Um, I thought it was awesome, though. 20.5 miles per hour on that uh, touchdown run by him. 20.5. Pretty fast, in my opinion. Very fast. Yeah. Story of the game, to wrap up there, they forced the Titans, the Ravens, that is, into eight, failed their down conversions on the day, only 200 net yards of offense, and they were only on the field for 26 minutes and 22 seconds. Um, that was, that was the game bills 24 or 27 Colts 24. This game was so much fun. This was maybe my favorite game of the weekend. Um, rivers and Ben, that's what I wrote down my notes. It's like, it's kind of crazy. This might be the, end of Philip rivers and Ben Roethlisberger has been just a part of our lives as AOC dominant quarterbacks for the last almost 20 years. Um, Diggs goes off. We might lose, yeah. we might lose 
Drew Brees, maybe Pe- Tom Brady if he wins, Ben Roethlisberger and Philip Rivers all in one year. Crazy. Crazy. Like it's just uh we're getting old, man. That was something like we're just we're just getting old. Um we are like the those guys are just retiring. Um I thought this game was a lot of fun. I thought Philip was really good. I thought this was like one of those games when you look at the stature, like I don't understand how the Bills won this game. Um the Bills were mostly shut down. The Colts outplayed them in just about every facet and still didn't win. There was an insane mess up. At the end of this game, um, Eric, uh, Pascal like 100% fumbled that football, and uh, they did not rule it a fumble. <laughs> and the Colts got a couple more opportunities and shots downfield, and Philip Rivers couldn't make it all the way downfield in his Hail Mary. But um, an obvious fumble that uh, did not go the Bills' way to end it, so the Colts had a little bit more life, but that should have been it. Colts missed an important field goal from Rodrigo. But, uh, yeah, there was, there was just a couple plays, like the turnover on Dallas on fourth and goal. There was a bad offsides in this game. Like I said, the missed field goal. And then just uh, bad blown coverage with digs that you just can't do in the playoffs. Um, I don't know. Like, the Colts were really good. The, um, the offense was moving. Frank Reich's group moved the ball down the field on this good Buffalo defense. They had 472 total yards. They were averaging five yards to carry. Like, they... They did everything right. Um, only two penalties, and you just, like I said, you go through the notes here on uh, how this game played, and it made sense that it was this even, but, man, if you're a Colts fan, you're like, I feel like we were the better team today, and uh, that's not a shot at Bills fans. Colts are good, and uh, I hope they get a better quarterback in there next year. And uh, Yeah, I, feel- I mean, the one thing I love to talk shit about Philip Rivers, I love to make fun of him. He's a very easy quarterback to make fun of. Uh, I, I will say this. He had one of the best games of the season for him. He played a great game. Uh, you know, it'll. I will miss being able to make fun of Phillip Rivers in the NFL. Uh, but God knows that man needs to go home and take care of all those kids. It is time. He has been ducking being a dad for like – 10 years he needs to retire and spend time with those kids yeah i uh i don't know man we'll see what happens i think he's already accepted a head coaching job at a high school back in alabama his high school he went to so he has that waiting for him personally i hope he goes to monday night football i think he'd actually be really good there um washington 23 bucks 31 godwin and evans get 22 targets for 11 receptions um something i wrote down while i was watching this game was i was like who is taylor hennecke remind me of and colin till's own uh gwinnett county stand up uh people will get that who was actually just in the state title game back in georgia um lost to the greece and rams but um he reminds me of bo nix have you watched a lot of auburn bo nix no I think, well, you may have seen him a little bit against Justin Herbert in the kickoff game last year. He was That was his first game as a, season, uh, as a player um, for Auburn. He runs around all the time. Like, Bo Nix runs around all the time. He has a terrible ball, and you're just like, I don't understand how they're in this game. Like, every Auburn game, you're like, I don't understand this. Like, Bo Nix is not good. And you're like, but he's good enough to win it, but he's a five-star kid, and he's just, his dad went to Auburn and all this kind of stuff. But, like, Hennigke is the same kind of way, where, like, his balls aren't good. I wasn't, like, impressed. Like, he's not a starter in this league. Like, a lot of his balls were ducks. But, like, he runs around. He's fun. A lot of Jeff Garcia, Bo Nix vibes to him. And he's just, like, someone who belongs as a backup. Like, the P.J. Walkers of the world. Like, he's a backup quarterback in this league. But he was way more fun than I was expecting coming in. And, personally, I'm glad we did not get Alex Smith. I mean, Alex Smith would have won that game i don't think so i think it would have no. been I, why, why do you think did that? you see how first off look how look how close alex smith's not in diving into game. the end zone like our guy henneke alex smith isn't going to need to because he's going to be completing passes mm, i the, think he had more the, interceptions the football, this year the football team was they were first off they were like four and one with alex this year it was all dwayne haskin fucking that team up so Alex Smith, I think, would have won that game. And as much as it is funny, you know, yeah, he's got one and a half legs, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, the football team really, they stayed in that game. 
Chase Young is going to be a dominant football player for a long, mm-hmm. long time. He doesn't get cold. You know, I think no. No, 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 no. Out there in third degree weather uh, in a crop top. Well, yeah, I mean that's that 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 man is not a he's not a human. Could being. you do that's, that uh, as the fitness guru of this podcast? Could you handle it? Well, first off, I don't think fitness has anything to do with it. No, the reason why Chase Young is able to be as good as he is, as strong as he is, as quick as he is, I think it there's the, the players like him, the Nick Bosa's, the Miles Garretts of the world, right? Like the Vic Beasley, the Tack McKinley's, they're they're crazy. And the only way that these type of people are able to train as hard as they are, work out as long as they do, attack as violently as they do, it's because there's something in their brain. For like for me, you know, I have that like, oh, this is a bad idea, or oh, I'm physically uncomfortable because I've ran two miles. I'm gonna stop. They don't have that off switch. So when Chase Young is outside and it's like seven degrees. He's not like he's not going. Oh, I'm cold right now. And he's going. I'm a beast. This is where I belong. This is how I should be right now. Hmm. The the best football players are crazy. This is how we have to accept it. <laughs> um. Quickly, the uh, the Rams beat the Seahawks thirty to twenty. Um. Pete Carroll's takeaway from this game was they need to run the ball better in 2021 which is incredible i love that, that was the takeaway from this game um man i just this seahawks group just really wasting russell wilson's prime what are we doing how do you lose at home to walford and jared goff like the rams deserve a lot of credit for winning this game on the road sean mcveigh great coach i think it's honestly probably fair to say at this point mcveigh is a better a coach you'd rather have in 2021 than Pete Carroll. Um, I don't know. We're getting to the point where it's like too rigid where you're like, uh, what are you doing? My man? Like we're, we're at a point now where you gotta, you gotta do something else. And Brian Schottenheimer keeping his job in Seattle past this, uh, off season would be, be wild. And then you have the saints being the bears 21 to nine. And one of the more boring playoff games of my lifetime, the saints and the bears. I don't even want to talk about that was just terrible. Uh, I will definitely Can you remember a game where it was like, we know like there's literally not an avenue to the saints, not winning this game. I really don't remember the last time it was that universal where it was like, this game literally should not be played. Let's just pencil them in an NFL playoff game like that. What I, what I want to say is with this year being the first year with the new set of playoffs, Mm -hmm. that game was the perfect repudiation for why that should have never happened. (laughs) Those, neither of those teams belonged in the playoffs. I and we're we're gonna see it next week. I think the the Bucks are gonna absolutely tear him up. Um, oh oh no 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 no. Oh yeah. Oh man, you really hate the okay. Saints. You hate the Saints maybe more than you hate the Steelers. I don't hate the Saints more than I hate the Steelers. There's a lot of players on the Saints that I think are very very impressive. I'm a huge Alvin Kamara fan. I'm a pretty big Michael Thomas fan, even though everyone seems to hate the guy nowadays. Uh, I think there's a lot of there's a, there's a lot of exciting players on the Saints, but I just Drew Brees is he's just not it anymore. Like I said, there, there's a bunch of quarterbacks in the NFL right now that used to be incredible, that are Hall of Famers, that are not there, and they are dragging it out. That's mm-hmm. all. But yeah, let's just real quick. Mm. This the Seahawks are absolutely hilarious for year after year. Like no one, no 49ers fan likes Russell Wilson. We all respect him. We all hate him though, right? I hate Russell Wilson. I hate everything about him. I hate oh yeah his family. Oh, I hate the way okay. he dresses. Okay, I hate not not his kids or anything like that. Not but like just Sierra and him, the little music videos they do is just so stupid. Uh, I hate his commercials. I mm. hate his advertisements. I hate his marketing. I hate the videos he does with uh, my good friend who's a Seahawks fan. Um, I'm so tired right now. What's the guy's name that does all the videos? Oh, uh, Joe McHale. No, 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 no. I mean, the, the, the <laughs> funny, like, anime, like, mashup videos I on Twitter. I know what you're talking about. Anyways, uh, you know, every, I hate everything about Russell Wilson, and I still don't hate him as much as the Seattle Seahawks do. 
I mean, imagine wasting another year of Russell Wilson doing that well. And immediately after the game, looking in the camera and saying, next year we need to run the ball more. Mm. There's nothing more offensive to Russell Wilson as a quarterback than that. I can't even imagine something more offensive you could say to Russell Wilson as a human being than having him drag your team. Let's have premarital sex. Well, who knows about that? Well, I mean, that would be uh, more offensive is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it might. Absolutely. Um, but can you imagine that? Mm-hmm. For the for Wilson to do what he did, and then immediately after the game, <laughs> Pete Carroll goes, we should run the ball more. Wild disrespectful. Yeah. I I don't know what the Seahawks are doing. I, I don't know. I think this is you can't move on with Sean Hyman. You gotta you gotta go a different route this offseason. But uh it doesn't appear as though they are doing that. Um do you wanna quickly get into our uh, our picks this week? <laughs> I don't know, do I? I mean, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna lose again, unfortunately. I'm gonna lose again. Well, I mean that could have that could be possible. That very much so could be possible. Well, your hate towards okay. the Saint guy will will cloud you a little bit. Okay. So, first and foremost, we already know you don't think the Bucks are going to beat the Saints. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. So, let's just write this stuff down. You think the Saints are going to win? Mm-hmm. I think they're going to win comfortably. Oh, comfortably. I've been giving Brady shit all year. He threw some of the best passes I've seen from an NFL quarterback this year. Last I game. I don't believe in their pat their their protection against the Saints pass rush. I really don't. I think that will come down. Like I think this is going to be one of those painful losses where Sean Payton just uh, takes a giant dump on Bruce Arians in this group. I I think it's oh, going to wow. be like. Uh, give me Saints thirty-eight bucks, bucks seventeen. So the over/under is fifty, and the the line is Saints three and a half, negative three and a half points. So that's pretty close to what you're talking about there. That said, I'm still taking the Bucks. Uh, this is an interesting one: the Rams versus the Packers. Oh, this isn't interesting I, at all. This is a game. This is the Saints uh, Bears game from last week. There is. Not one chance that Jared Goff or Tyler Walford is walking in to Lambeau and beating Aaron Rodgers in their first playoff game this season. There is a 0% chance you can lock it up. I don't even know. What is the line on this? It should be 17 and a half. Oh, it's seven. Yeah. Uh, I will I will take – you have to understand, though. I, like, I really think you need to understand something. Jared Velda here is back in Ram- there, my man. Jalen Ramsey is one of is one of the best corner cornerbacks of all time, and Jalen Ramsey is currently having one of the best defensive back seasons in recent memory. Mm-hmm. And they also have a guy called Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. So whatever receiver Devontae Adams in this case, he's going to get shut down by J- Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. He will be shut down. Mm-hmm. And then the Packers are versatile. You're gonna have. Yeah, they are. And then there's Aaron Donald. I'm mm-hmm. just saying, I'm not saying, I'm taking the Packers. Okay. I think it's going to be very close. And if I, I would not be, and there, there might be a chance next week that I'm going, I should have taken the Rams. I knew I should have taken the Rams. Give me but, Packers 45, Rams 21. I think this is an interesting one too, but I don't think it's as interesting as we think. Cleveland Browns, Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, this isn't interesting at all either. That's what this weekend is way worse than last weekend. Last weekend was a joy. This weekend, there's literally only one game that really I'm just like I have to be by my TV, and that's the next game. The Chiefs are winning. The Chiefs are not losing to the Browns. That's not happening. Baker Mayfield's not going into Kansas City and beating this curve. It's just not happening. It's going to be an interesting game. What is the line? I, on I this do one? think you're right though. Uh, the line is negative nine and a half. Oh so my god. I'm surprised it's bigger than Packers Rams. It it's not very often though that the line goes that high. So nine and a half is a lot of points. Um, yeah, give me Chiefs. Way, give me Chiefs forty two, Browns ten. 
I'm definitely taking the Chiefs. It's not going to be that heavy. It'll be a closer game. And then, of course, both of our favorite game for this week matchup. This is going to be matchup, so much fun. The Ravens and the Bills. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you talk because I know you've got a lot you want to say about this. I'm taking the Bills. I'm taking the Bills all the way this year. I think what is the they're going to be a crazy. Uh, it's it's two and a half bills, Oof. so it's like almost it's almost dead even. It's basically home field advantage is really what they get. But I'm taking the Bills, and the Bills are actually going to have players there. I think in the stands, they'll have or excuse me, fans. I'll have six sixty five hundred fans. I am. Um, it's gonna be night. So it's gonna be cold. Very cold, rigid Buffalo game. Um. It's kind of funny, though, that, like, uh, can we just stop the parody stuff in the NFL when we talk about it? Because it looks like we just picked three of the four teams to, outside of the the Bucks, because you picked the Bills. Um, if I pick the Ravens, we both picked three of the four top four seeds in both conferences to make the final four. Um, you can expand the playoffs all you want, NFL. The results will still be the same. Um, the Ravens showed that they can win different kinds of games, and... I think their defense has really started to come in their own. Marlon Humphrey got burned a little bit in this past game, but Marcus Peters, love what uh, they can do on the edge. I love thinking about what the Ravens can do if they're playing well, because I think one of the things about the Bills' defense last week that I'm wondering about is that they got carved up by Phillip Rivers and Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor. Like, will they get carved up by a better offense this week? And the Lamar, I love Lamar. I love Lamar. He's not throwing like Rivers did. He's not. Going no, but to. he's running, and he can, he can be more dangerous running. Yeah, who's spying him? Matt Milano? I don't know. Like I, I think this is. I think this will be very close. If this came down to a Justin Tucker field goal, that would not surprise me at all. Give me Ravens twenty-seven, Bills twenty-four. I'm taking the Bills. I really, I'm, I really hope Lamar Jackson wins the Super Bowl in his career. I think this this season might have been a good one to make it happen. But I think there's something special about this Bills team. So, can you imagine if the NFL gets Lamar versus Mahomes in the AFC title game, and then they get uh, Brady versus Rodgers in the NFC game? That would be great. But I also think I would rather have Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. Mm. I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL this year, and I think Josh Allen is the second best quarterback in the oh, NFL well, this year. I, 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 I know Rodgers. I know. I know you're putting Rodgers up there too. Oh, for sure. I'm putting Russell Wilson up there. I'm putting Matt Ryan up there. I'm putting. Um... No, no. I'm talking about this year. Yeah, this Matt Ryan season. had a great year. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Give me Matt Ryan. Okay. Give me, uh, give, 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 give me Matt Ryan. Um, you know who it's not is uh, Cam Newton. I, I whiffed on that one, I think. Um, all right, Mr. Swords. Last thing, we'll wrap up here. Story time with Swords. Give, what, give me something this week. What, what, do, what happened in your life this week that uh, you would like to share? Oh, man. Well, as we as we both talked, uh, you know, I went snowboarding five times in mm-hmm. the last seven days, uh, and the last day, I was obviously, you know, the most comfortable I'd been all week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I was lubricated, okay, with some uh, Knob Creek whiskey. Shout out to Knob Creek. Um, I was feeling pretty good, and I wasn't like trying to hit jumps or anything like that. But there was a couple little like, you know, little. Hey, little uh little uh, increases in snow that would allow me to raise the board into the air mm. and uh i went and i was like feel you know i'm saying i was like i was like i know where i'm going i know what i want to do i'm gonna try and get up enough to be able to grab the board and come down you know just a little a little and uh i i hit the snow line the wrong way okay oh, and went instead of going straight up I went like curved a little left and bounced off the giant rock that was right there and proceeded to just oh, cartwheel God. like a cartoon down the hill. Just do, 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 do. And I rolled probably like five or six times. 
I somehow came out fairly unscathed. I, I like hurt my back a little bit, bit my lip, uh, shoulder kind of hurts. Mm. Uh, my knee got a little messed up, but all things considered, considering how bad it looked, uh, it was so bad. I went flying. Yeah, that's why we wear helmets, kid. Oh my god! Well, at least you survived. I'm I'm proud of you. Oh, yeah, it's gonna take a lot more than that to kill me. All right. Well, Mr. Swords, do you have anything else that uh, you would like to put before you wrap up here tonight? Yes, it's very important. There's a new podcast that just came out. Mm. Uh, it's it's on a small little startup called Blue Wire. It's called the Chase Thomas Podcast. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I need you guys to go ahead and give that five-star review. Mm. I know that it's probably not something you want to do, but you probably got your phone in your hand right mm. now. Mm. It matters. It helps. Just do it this one time. For me, I I beg of you. Let's get Chase flowing at his new home of Blue Wire. Check out the pod, guys. That was awesome. Subscribe. That was awesome. And congratulations to you, my friend. Thanks, man. I'm excited. It's good people that we're working with here. Chase House Podcast, 2021. It's going to be our best year ever. It's going to be... Our best year ever, 2021. I, I, you know what? I'm right there with you, bud. I agree. It's all about the attitude. All about the attitude. Um, all right, my friend. Well, I appreciate it as always. Good, sir. Enjoy the week. Enjoy this upcoming weekend's games. And we'll be back as we are every Monday night during the NFL season. Evan, thank you so much. Take care, man. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.